Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. Thank you, Heather. Do come in, Bill, and everybody. There's some seats uh, there for you. That's great. Um, as I'm reading today, I'm going to read uh, from Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Bhagavad Gita. Not the whole thing, just a bit. <clears throat> Knowledge is better than practice. Meditation is better than knowledge. And best of all is surrender, which soon brings peace. He who lets go of hatred, who treats all beings with kindness and compassion, who is always serene, unmoved by pain or pleasure, free of I and mine, self-controlled, firm and patient, his whole mind focused on me. That man is the one I love best. He who neither disturbs the world nor is disturbed by it, who is free of all joy, fear, envy, that man is the one I love best. He who is pure, impartial, skilled, unworried, calm, selfless in all undertakings. That man is the one I love best. He who is devoted to me is beyond joy and hatred, grief and desire, good and bad fortune. That man is the one I love best. The same to both friend and foe, the same in disgrace and honour, suffering or joy, untroubled, indifferent to praise or blame, quiet, filled with devotion, content with whatever happens at home, wherever he is. That man is the one I love best. Those who realise the essence of duty who trust me completely and surrender their lives to me, I love them with a very great love. Well, last week I was saying that the key thing um, uh, to moving from 2020 to 2021 was to have the wisdom to allow ourselves to be changed by what we've gone through and what we are going through. Not to adopt a, a stiff upper lip approach, but instead to connect with our feelings and to allow ourselves to have the humility to be moulded and refined by our experiences. Only then will we see circumstances as being nudges from the divine, allowing the edges to be knocked off ourselves so as to realise the potential of our humanity, to become that person that we're capable of becoming. That lovely old quote that it's never too late to become the person that you might have been. And with that attitude must come a willingness to experience whatever comes our way like that great poem by Rumi 
the guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from the beyond. Being shaped into the person we're capable of becoming requires us to welcome whatever comes our way. And you know, that can be uncomfortable. Most of the time, we cherry pick our experiences. We avoid the grocery aisles with unpleasant experiences like grief or anger or pain, depression, moodiness, boredom and fear. We prefer to shop for the nice items like joy and peace and pleasure, laughter, contentment, interest, fascination, and all forms of entertainment. As we go through life, we also steer away from anything that might spoil our enjoyment. We take a detour around anything that might not fit with our desired way of experiencing life. And, you know, all that avoidance takes a lot of energy. And it's not all in the line of that idea of welcoming all. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor room. He says, welcome them all. Well, probably not. We're picky about our friends and we're also very picky about our experiences. However, the spiritual path, the path that explores cultivating a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love, is not served by this discrimination. The wisdom of the spiritual path is to entertain all experiences that come our way with equanimity. And that's hard. We're so conditioned to selecting what we want to feel that the idea of welcoming all is pretty alien to us. So when we feel something difficult come our way, we tend to avoid it. And we complain when we feel that we're not getting the joy and the satisfaction that we think that we deserve. We're not content to be bored, to live an unexciting life. We're not content to fail, to be depressed, to be disheartened. When those things come our way, we think there's something wrong. We want to change our feelings. We want to blame someone else for giving them to us. We want to claim the sunlit uplands that are our due rather than the darkness of the valley that we're in. 
Just like that poem by David White that Heather read last week, Sweet Darkness. When your eyes are tired, the world is tired also. When your vision is gone, no part of the world can find you. Time to go into the dark where the night has eyes to recognize your own. There you can be sure you're not beyond love. The dark will be your womb tonight. The night will give you horizon further than you can see. You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Give up all other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. We have to be able to be free in our sorrow as we are in our joy. But sometimes it takes darkness and sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn. We need to develop the sort of equanimity that doesn't choose between good and bad experiences that welcomes all as a house guest. Only then are we living in freedom as opposed to the slavery imposed on us by the requirement for pleasure. Because we are unfree if we're always steering away from certain feelings. We're dictated to by our preferences, and we end up living a life not of freedom, but of working out how to avoid certain feelings and have others that are more pleasurable. Now, this is more than just trying to steer towards certain outcomes in our lives, which is another form of slavery. This is about being okay with the way that we feel even if we're feeling things that we wouldn't necessarily call pleasant. Now, as usual, I want to add the coda that in all circumstances, we should keep taking our meds. I'm not saying that if we feel that we're in a well of darkness from which there seems no escape, we shouldn't try to get help. I'm talking about the very first world problem of being too selective about the way that we feel, and therefore our behaviour being dictated by the need to feel good. As David White said, you must learn one thing, the world was made to be free in. Give up all other worlds except the one to which you belong right now. And sometimes the world that which we belong in right now is not always comfortable. When we feel that uncomfortableness, the free thing to do is to be with it rather than to try and push it off like a too warm blanket. There is learning in that feeling. There is a path to be followed in that darkness that you would not find if you're always wanting to live in the light. If we're always searching for the light, then we miss half of what the world has to offer. We forget that there is light and darkness for a reason, that there is day and night for a reason, 
And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. We want it always to be day. And in doing that, we miss what we could find in the night. Often when we're sitting in that place of darkness, our first instinct is to try and get out of it, to think that the absence of light is wrong, that there being no joy is a sign that we're in the wrong place. But in reality, joy and sadness are just part of the same coin. Out of our joy comes our sadness when we lose someone that we love. And out of our sadness comes our joy when we find someone new. So to reject one in favour of another is never going to work out. Part of our spiritual practice has to be cultivating the ability to welcome difficult experiences when they come our way and move through them rather than trying to get over them or slip around them. We have to be able to be okay feeling down. And in these volatile times, this is particularly important. So many things can take us into darkness. And the ability of not being afraid of darkness is a key element in finding our way through life. To be okay with being alone, being unsuccessful, being bored, being unappreciated, being unloved. Remember that saying from Richard Raw that someone over 40 has nothing to learn from success. All our learning comes from that which we fail at. And the willingness to be with those feelings can open gates that you would never discover if you tried to stay in the light all the time. That's not to say that we should actively seek out darkness, just that we accept the difficult feelings that come our way, knowing that they too have something to offer us. In that reading from the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is saying to Arjuna that this surrender leads to serenity. He who is devoted to me, Krishna, is beyond joy and hatred, grief and desire, good fortune and bad fortune, free of I and mine. He who neither disturbs the world nor is disturbed by it, who is free of all joy, fear and envy, the same to both friend and foe, the same in disgrace and honour, suffering or joy, untroubled, indifferent to praise or blame, quiet, filled with devotion, content with whatever happens at home wherever he is. That is the spiritual path, the way of the yogis, the way of Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. That surrender is what we're asked to feel and to go through. It's our task in this life 
As it says in the Buddhist Dharmapada, the farmer channels water to his land, the fletcher whittles his arrows, the carpenter turns his wood, the wise man masters himself. That self-mastery is the ability not to turn out of darkness when it's darkness that we're given, but rather to live through it and to lean into it. That's our task as we move into 2021. And there will be dark times again for all of us, but we have to be free to be in those dark times as well as in the light times, to try not to escape them too quickly, to be willing to be uncomfortable, unconsoled, unloved, alone, unsuccessful, unappreciated, unhelped. In fact, all the ums from the German nay, meaning not, not comforted, not consoled, not loved, not successful, not appreciated. There is the not, and then there is the loved. We have to have the not, because after the not, there is the loved. After the absence of love, there is then the love. Without the absence of love, we cannot realize, we cannot make real love. For something to be there, it has to have not been there before to be experienced. Otherwise, it cannot be realized, which is why we have light and dark. For without the light, we cannot appreciate the dark, and without the dark, we cannot appreciate the light. Without the sadness, we cannot appreciate the joy, and so on. So our lack of something is really just a foretaste of that something being there. We're mourning the lack of something that we know exists. Which is why equanimity is so important. It is the keel with which we can steer our way through good and bad weather. We have to keep steering in both. And without that equanimity, we take our hand off the tiller and we end up on the rocks. Equanimity, from the Latin Aquus, which means equal, and animus, which means mind. An equal mind. That's what equanimity means, an equal mind. And what we're asked to do is to be of equal mind in both light and darkness, both sadness and joy, both pleasure and pain, being a house guest to all. The place we cultivate that equanimity where we cultivate it is in our practice. Garshen Rinpoche, who spent some time in prison, says, the extent of your realization will be known when you encounter difficult times. The extent of your enlightenment, the extent of your realization will be known when you enter difficult circumstances. You will not know the extent of your realization when things go well. When you find yourself in a troublesome situation, when you are in great pain, when an intense emotion arises, only then will you know where you're at with your practice. Only then will you get where your enlightenment is. And we should remember 
that in difficult times. We should remember that it's telling us where we're at with our practice. They tell us, you know, how we're doing with our practice. And if we feel that we're not doing very well and we're being swayed this way and that, then it means that we should go back to our practice, back to the knowledge that there's more work to do. And next week, I'm going to talk a bit more about the nature of practice. The goal of our practice is the serenity that allows us to be on an even keel in our lives, to roll with whatever happens without being unduly disturbed, to choose what we get, which is why I encourage you to look at how you're doing in your practice at the moment and to recommit yourself to going deeper. Because as we navigate 2021, this will be increasingly important as we find ourselves going through both highs and lows of the volatile time that we're embarking upon. Our role, all of us, is to show the face of equanimity to ourselves and to those around us and to set an example that others can follow. Amen. So, any, you know, any thoughts about this sort of staying with uh, uncomfortableness and uh, that whole sort of idea? So much in what you were saying today. And, and interestingly, I, I read this morning a li another line from Rumi, which was... Um, uh, do not stray into the neighborhood of despair. And so I was, uh, it's interesting to think of the difference between us straying into the neighborhood of despair versus despair coming to us as a guest and yeah. how we're going to respond. And it makes me think that um, the, the need, as you were saying, of being really grounded in, well, in, in who we are, in our physicality, in our practice, living out of the... Uh, the still point within us so that we can respond to despair, which is so different to like meandering off into the neighborhood of despair, you know, yeah. as an example. I find as well that, you know, when I feel, you know, when I'm feeling unloved or I'm feeling unappreciated or I feel, you know, a failure, I, I think it's wrong. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be feeling this. I've done something wrong and that's why I'm feeling this. Now, what do I need to do to get out of this? And it's interesting, I'm not really that willing just to sit with it mm. and think, you know, what is the lesson that I have here? Where is this feeling leading me to? How can I integrate this feeling into my life and not try and run away from it? And know that, that the, you know, that, that thing, you know, being in joy and being in grief, being indifferent to both is, it sounds weird because we just always want to be in joy, but... Really, you're not free unless you're free to feel both of them equally, I think. Yeah, I really liked what you said about discriminating. Like We're so quick to discriminate and to have our preferences about what we like and what we don't like and who we like and who we don't like. And, yeah, just to come from a much more um, equanimitous, <laughs> if that's a word, yeah. place, um, where we just receive life as it is. I mean, that's the only thing we can do is receive reality as it is and know that within the exact circumstances of our lives of our hearts of our minds is where we can be met it's not like we can be met by the divine in anything other than what the actual reality is yeah. so you know just to be in it be in it and re receive and allow ourselves to be met and that discrimination is obviously the beginning of addiction because the path of discriminating our feelings 
is the beginning of addiction because it means that you know the, the reason addiction happens you think I want to feel like this therefore I'm going to have this I want to feel like this therefore I'm going to have this and so it leads us into a prison the discrimination yeah I, I feel like that for me the secret is just knowing that the that divine accompaniment is utterly available in exactly our circumstances and conditions that's so important. I just want to repeat that, that you said that divine accompaniment, in other words, that, that sense of being within the divine is there whether we're feeling the sorrow you're saying or the joy. It's there in both circumstances. Yeah, and that, you know, that by, you know, that's the comfort, the sense of being resourced, the sense of you're not alone, that it's, it's enough. There's an, an enoughness yeah. in whatever. And I, I also remember just um, that there was a, another poem by David White called... Um, stay close in or start start close in like start with exactly what your situation is not not with the next thing that's out there how can you start over there you can only start with what yeah your situation is brilliant thank you thanks for listening if you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel please go to aspenchapel.org thank you and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly subscribe to the aspen chapel through apple Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.